Welcome to Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Join us as we cover conservation updates, tips and tricks to campfire chats. Hey Steve, how's it going? Good, how are you buddy? Not too shabby. You uh, busy these days up north there? What's going on? You guys got snow? What's happening with the fam? What's happened? Oh, it's it's tough to tell what Mother Nature wants to do, buddy. It's it's beautiful outside right now, but it was minus twelve overnight. We had plus five yesterday, and supposed to get more of that this week. So the snow we had has melted relatively, but it's just bipolar. It really is. Yeah, well, we're sitting in this uh, COVID environment too. So you know, I we made that decision as a board of directors to shut down our our in person fundraiser and. Uh, that's looking like a pretty solid call. Clearly the Northern fundraiser, there's no opportunity there to do an in-person event. So having this, uh, you know, these virtual online events is going to be a necessity again for 21, but uh, you know, we're, we're going to go online and then maybe uh, COVID goes away and we can have a big party this summer. A little doubtful, but uh, 22 is shaping up to be a good one, I think. Hey? <laughs> well, well, let's hope that there was some big news out of the UK this morning that they have started rolling out the vaccine there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, all we can do is abide by the, the requests and the orders and see what happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, man, uh, some really cool news for the Talk of Sheep podcast. We are officially on Spotify. We are. Yeah, that uh, took took some work to do uh, with our, our web guys, but we, we got her done. So, yeah, we are, if we could say live on Spotify, but yeah, we're there. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I know you've been spearheading all this uh, with regards to the technical aspect of it anyway, for sure. How does it look for uh, iTunes, that sort of stuff? Would we be able to be on Apple or what does that look like? Is that an option for us moving forward? Absolutely, it is. Uh, we could look at uh, Stitcher, Podbean, all these, uh, these uh, places that people like to consume their podcasts from. We're looking at all the options. So we're going to be out there for everybody. Okay, that's fantastic. Right on. So uh yeah that's really exciting i'm super stoked about it um you know we've done a few things we've actually uh we're trying a new format here as well in terms of the audio quality uh we've had some feedback that some of the recordings were a little bit substandard so uh let's uh, hear some feedback from our listeners what your thoughts are um we're trying this new uh this new platform and uh the feedback uh is important to hear what you guys think of it and, and see if it's better than what we were using previously for sure so oh, absolutely we've got a couple of nice microphones now and some noise cancelling stuff going on and yeah it's always open to suggestions so we can improve right on man um and with that note um we're definitely going to do a giveaway on this one so what we're doing is we're looking for feedback from you guys. Um, once you've listened to the uh, podcast, get back to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, looking for some ideas. Who do you want to see on as a guest? We're trying to find stuff that's really important to you guys. So let us know. Uh, email to communications at wildsheepsociety.com. Send that in to us. And uh, we're going to a, a, do a giveaway. Um, we're going to give away a Jurassic Classic t-shirt on this one. 
And uh, what's Jurassic Classic? Well, that's uh, that's our segue to um, the podcast. So this is podcast number 11 for us. We're in the double digits now. And uh, today's pretty cool, actually. Uh, these are two good friends of mine. Uh, we're going to have Dean Work from Great River Fishing Adventures on and Trevor Carruthers as well. Uh, he's one of the creators of the uh, Jurassic Classic, Wild Sheep Jurassic Classic uh, experience. And uh, really excited to have both those gentlemen on. So it's going to be a pretty cool podcast. So stoked about that both these guys are an absolute riot to talk to and hang out with i had a lot of fun with them so yeah definitely look uh looking yeah, forward right to catching have up you, in the next have you few been minutes. sturgeon fishing i have i have not with dean but i got a buddy of mine that owns a, a charter down there and i've managed to hook into a couple of great yeah, big freaking amazing opportunity for sure so i dean's super passionate he's super knowledgeable he's uh he's the owner of great river fishing adventures uh a ton of experience in the uh the sturgeon fishing community and just uh in the uh conservation community as well he's done a ton for conservation and um i think he's currently the uh president of the uh, fraser um river fishing association and um just yeah uh, just that really right, committed yeah. guy um and and super stoked to have him on board uh trevor Crothers is coming to us today as well um trevor's been an organizer with the jurassic classic he he was right there from the start, uh, got things going with the Jurassic Classic, um, came up with the concept along with Dean. And um, he's, uh, with, Trevor's no, obviously no stranger to the uh, wild sheep community. He's a wild sheep society BC. He's one of our ambassadors, wild sheep ambassadors. Um, he was a 2020 President's Award winner from the Wild Sheep Foundation. Um, so, yep. you know, uh, very committed guy and, uh, always an interesting guy to listen to a good friend of mine. So I'm pretty stoked to have Trevor on. So anyway, we'll be back in, uh, shortly with these two fine gentlemen on and look forward to hearing all about, uh, episode number 11, Sturgeon and Sheep, the tale of the Jurassic Classic. If you looked up the words conservation superhero in the dictionary, you would see a picture of our friend Omer from Precision Optics, a tireless donor and supporter of all things wild sheep. Precision Optics, located in Quinell, British Columbia, truly stands alone in the high alpine. From optics to rifles to outdoor gear and a knowledge that cannot be surpassed, toss in that killer smile and you have a total conservation package. Precision Optics, we are truly thankful for the support you show us every step of the way. Find them online at precisionoptics.net or in Aroma Foods, located just off Highway 97 in Quinell, BC. Oh, goodness. All right, we're going, boys. Not access webcam or microphone to record 24 FPS. Try mic only. What does that mean? You're live, buddy. You're live. That's what that means. Can can you do that one more time for our guests? Do it one more time for our guests. no, No, that could make people upset. I'm so not editing this part out. This is great. <laughs> I didn't think you could do it twice. That's impressive. I heard something about Wayne Gretzky, so let's get into this. <laughs> uh, nice to see you, boys. Nice to see all you guys. It's great to have you guys on. Well, uh, this is fantastic. Uh, Jurassic's a big part of my life, and uh, you guys are a big part of that. So uh, you're like my family. I missed you guys last summer uh, or this 2020. So uh, Jurassic Classic, Great River. Um, Gene, let's jump in with you. What's going on in your world? What's going on with Great River Fishing Adventures? What's happening over there right now? 
Oh, lots of stuff. You know, COVID year, you know, heart goes out to all the outfitters, guide outfitters out there. Heart goes out to all the, you know, the fishing guides, uh, you know, terrible business year. But, um, you know, nobody missed a paycheck in my operation this year. The guides went out. Uh, we probably did about mm, somewhere around uh, half the revenues or could have been 66%. I don't know, year ends on November 30th. So, but you know what, we're all healthy and we've all stayed healthy within my team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking ahead at doing cool things. Uh, we've got our, our luxury teepee accommodations in the Fraser Canyon. We're looking at, uh, we're putting in, should be ready by May 1st. We're putting in two beautiful luxury globe uh, dome facilities uh, at our property in the canyon as well. We've got to look to diversify. And, um, you know, every, like I said, everybody here is healthy and um, you know, really sad about uh, the fundraising events that, uh, you know, business aside and, 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 and doing the business and getting out and guiding, uh, you know, it really is about the fundraisers that we've missed this year. Probably the most heartfelt, sad part of our year is about getting everybody together, you know, having that family of us who are all partnered in conservation. I think that's probably, if you were to look at the worst part of our year, it was it was losing the opportunity to do the great fundraisers. And I know that, you know, uh, people campaigning to get money are having a hard time. Uh, you know, you look at all the charities out there, all the things out there, they're having a really hard time. And, uh, you know, this is a time that, you know, we don't think of ourselves, we continue to support, uh, we continue to do the things that we do at Great River Fishing is to, uh, continue to build great relationships with partners like you guys and the Wild Sheep Foundation, GOABC, Guide Outfitters Association, BC. And, you know, I mean, you guys are, you know, like you said earlier, Kyle, we're, we're like a family. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I can't go back to think about all the really cool things and how we've learned together, uh, how we've tweaked things. And, you know, I look forward to, to better things to come because it can't get much worse. It's got to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said for sure, Dean. Just on that note, you talked about supporting, you know, your conservation community, your family. Um, I got an email from you this morning. What? Uh, let our listeners know what's going on. You talked about a donation. What's What's the deal there? I'll let you spill the beans on it. Yeah, well, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm also uh, the president of the Fraser Valley Salmon Society, and that's an organization started in 1984. And in those days, we didn't have a right. We lost our right to fish for Chinook salmon on the Fraser River. Uh, 250 people came to Evergreen Hall in 1984. Think about that. In 84, 250 people came. Um, the minister came, and he said, what, what are we talking about? What, what's the problem here? And we said, we, we just want a right to have an opportunity to go and harvest some fish on the Fraser River. We want to have an opportunity to harvest our Chinooks again. How many fish are we talking about? The minister said, uh, back in those days, we said, uh, that we're, we're talking about 3,000 pieces a year. The minister said, what are we waiting for? Let's get that fishery back to open again. We're here at the same point again now in 2020. We've had three full years of no salmon fishing on the Fraser River. The economic benefit to Chilliwack area alone, the Fraser Valley Chilliwack area, especially the Chilliwack area, $163 million was just tabulated as the economic benefit to Chilliwack alone of sport fishing in this area, not, not the rest of it, sport fishing. So where are we at? We went out, we did a demonstration fishery on September 9th, and we said to the government, can you license us to go out and do a test fishery? We just want to go out and fish. We want to show you again that we can selectively fish when there are stocks of concern in the Fraser River. 
that if sockeye are migrating through, can we go and catch Chinooks with a bar rig only? Can you restrict our gear? They, we have been battling this for over 10 years without the federal government giving us an opportunity to go and salmon fish. We have lost so many clients over the years because they can't go and just fish. These guys don't always want to retain a fish, just so everybody's aware. But catch and release is a selective method of fishing. Anywhere you go in the world, catch and release fishing is allowable and it is looked at as a, as a, as a people that are, are uh, stewards in the resource to be conservationists and, and, and catch and release. So our argument is about having an opportunity now to go to court and to lobby against the government, to fight against the government. Six guys got ticketed. Yesterday we did a demonstration in Chilliwack. We took six boats. We went around that courthouse when those boys did their first appearance in court. And I'll tell you what, what we need now is we need to build a fund so that we can put together a legal case to challenge the rights to go fishing for the future generations on the Fraser River. Think about it. I have a granddaughter that's six. I have a grandson that is four. Uh, they're going to have kids. My son, Mitch, is a, is a guide who has fished in the Jurassic Classic, fished with Gray. Uh, you know, Adam, uh, Adam Foss uh, was able to fish with those guys. You know, I have to think about my son. I have to think about the future generations and their opportunity just if nothing more than to go and catch and release. Our battle is not with anybody or any user group other than the government not giving us an opportunity. Fraser Valley Salmon Society Facebook page. Alyssa and I put together a GoFundMe page almost three weeks ago today. We're not looking and want to get out and reach out to everybody and say, listen, you know, we need to make a phone call and ask everybody to, for an opportunity to send over 10 bucks or 20 bucks. But we want to keep that needle moving. And in less than three weeks, we're already at just under $28,000. December wow. is the month of giving. And uh, we would like to reach out to your members and the people around within the hunting community who have come, who have fished with us, who knows about how we work as conservationists and we're generous to other people, is to, you know, look at this and say to yourself, do we want fishing on the Fraser River for the future generations? Do we? And what does that mean to all of us, the right to fish? So five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, $500. Uh, like I said, Fraser Valley Salmon Society GoFundMe page on Facebook. And uh, you can go to any of my social media. It's on there every single day. It's on our stories. And again, it's partners like you guys who, Dean doesn't ever ask for much. I'm not, a, I'm not an asker. I'm much more of a generous giver. Uh, but this, some, this is something that means a lot to me. It makes me very emotional. Uh, just because I have now fished the Fraser River for over 50 years. Um, and uh, I really want the next generations to have an opportunity to fish. That's it. So this is costing me money, in other words, this podcast. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also a giver. I'll give you something too. Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get another, nice, oh, yeah. another nice trip to auction off in the Fraser Canyon. How's that? Is that a good trade-off? That's pretty good. No, you're you're generous for sure, Dean, and you don't ask for much. Um, so yeah, I'll be over there after the podcast, and uh, Trev and I'll both put a hundred bucks up for that for sure, right, Trev? Love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he looks impressed. Not whether he was actually smiling. Or, oh no, I got him now. Yeah, okay. His wife's in the background going, "What the hell?" Mustache and mustache and giving money. There's two things here that's just not going to go right. 
So Trev, let's let's um, uh, for sure, Dean. First, like a hundred percent behind you, um, and uh, you know, it, and this comes back to hunting opportunity. It comes back to the right to hunt, um, even guns, the right to to bear arms, the right to to own a firearm, long guns. This is a big battle for our entire community, right? Uh, outdoor enthusiasts, we kind of all have the same, uh, you know, lens that we look at things uh, through, and for sure. Um, so definitely a worthy cause, and and you know, I'd love to fish salmon on the Fraser one day for sure. Never done it, would like to do it, and um, for sure. So yeah, you're, you'll get some cash from me in the next twenty four hours here for sure. So thanks for appreciate your you bringing that up. Thank you, thank you for for spearheading it. I know you're uh, you're out there doing the heavy lifting on it, and uh, you know the the, uh, the amount of work involved in these sort of things is is incredible. So uh, for sure, we'll be be behind you absolutely. So. Uh, Trev, over to you. Let's jump into the Jurassic Classic. So, uh, for our listeners, some a lot of people hear about the Jurassic, but they don't really know what the deal is. So, um, do you mind talking a little bit? You've been there from the start. You you were you spearheaded this really. Uh, I got the phone call from you early on saying, "Hey, th- this is the thing we're doing," and um, and so let's let's roll that out. I know that you've been recognized for it. You were the 2020 uh, President's Award winner from the Wild Sheep Foundation for this event. So, uh, so jump into it. Tell us about the Jurassic, what's involved, um, history of it, when it started, how you got it going, just a little bit of background on that stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, before I say anything, i got to clarify that I wasn't recognized. Uh, we were recognized. The Jurassic Classic uh, in general was recognized. I just happened to be one of the people on the stage with uh, YouTube beautiful uh, human beings as well. So, uh, but... But yeah, it's really uh, it was a recognition of kind of everything and everybody who's part of it. Uh, just only three of us could, could be uh, lucky enough to be on stage there. But uh, yeah, Jurassic. Um, it's been an interesting uh, interesting five years. Uh, this 2020 would have been our fifth year, so we've had four years of uh, Jurassic Classic. Uh, for people that don't know what it's all about. Um, it's essentially a, we, we call it a, a an experience because it's a it's a full weekend event. It's not just uh, two days of fishing. It's a full weekend event with uh, that we bring people from North America, uh, mostly from sheep uh, wild sheep chapters affiliates, uh, some SCI chapters, some other uh, some other outdoor groups and whatnot. And uh, we bring all those people together uh, in August every year. Uh, happens to be uh, 56 people that we bring together and Dean work uh, provides uh, his amazing crew at Great River Fishing they they provide all the boats and the guides and the logistics of uh, getting all those people out on the river and we uh, we spend a weekend fishing for salmon or, sorry you've been talking salmon fishing for uh, sturgeon um, in for two full days of fishing so we divide people up into teams uh, we put two teams on a boat and they go out with one of Great River Fishing's uh, guides and they fish all day long trying to catch uh, the biggest sturgeon they can find, which they've been pretty successful over the last uh, few years, catching some some pretty monster fish. Um, and we put together an entire event. It started out with just a conversation about this being a weekend uh tournament style thing that we could go out and catch catch big fish and have big prize package and whatnot and and to be honest it's really evolved into just a weekend of collaboration talks of conservation fundraising uh we record everything and we we have a a 
competitive aspect to it with there's you know a, a fun competitive aspect to it but in the in the end the people that come back will come back for our prize packages for uh, that side of things they come back because they like seeing each other year after year uh, people that are part of the Jurassic classic family uh, treat each other like that that tight group uh, we spend the entire weekend together and it's a it's a pretty amazing weekend um, like I said it started out five years ago now uh, it's Dean's vision and Dean's uh, model and he brought it to uh, at the time the BCWF and the Wild Sheep Society and uh, said you know that he thought that it would be a good good opportunity to work together uh, we've evolved over the last couple of years and, and made sure we brought GOABC in as part of that collaboration and uh, and essentially right now kind of work underneath the umbrella of the Wild Sheep Foundation without their support of all their chapters, affiliates, uh, without uh, great support uh, at WSF, we, we wouldn't be able to bring all these people together. Um, and, and now we have it, uh, we've kind of just evolved it, yeah, where we, we don't even have as many teams uh, available anymore for, for sale. Uh, in the first couple of years, I remember that's all Kyle and I spent our time doing was uh, trying to figure out how we were going to get these teams sold and these people to, to come up. And, and now it's a management of who can we get a team to sell because we have so many people that want to go back year after year. Um, I remember thinking five years ago that that was going to be my life uh, every year was trying to figure out how to sell 28 teams at different places all across the United States and whatnot. And, uh, Boy, it's changed uh, over the last over the last few years. Um, yeah, we've been been lucky to uh, to raise you know about a hundred thousand dollars over the last four years uh, for events, uh, most of which we've put right back into conservation. Um, yeah, it, that's kind of a quick overview of it, I guess. It could go could go deeper into any angle of it, but uh, that's about it. For those that yeah, don't know. For those that don't know, just what's a sturgeon? You talk about big fish for, for somebody oh, who, for somebody who who fishes on lakes. That's a three pound trout. So what's a sturgeon? When you say big well, fish? I could I could explain it, but I wouldn't have nearly the passion that Dean can explain. <laughs> I'm gonna let Dean take that one because yeah, that that, that one that one's way better for uh, for Dean. Well, you know, I simply put, is it probably one of the most amazing big game fish in the world today, and. Uh, you know, where do you go anywhere in the world and you are likely 100% you're going to catch a fish on any one given day. You know, I, I've been all over the world fishing. I love fishing. Uh, but I'll tell you, these fish captivate my heart every single day. And I was a salmon guy growing up and a steelhead guy and a centerpin guy and all the rivers. And don't get me wrong. I love to do that still today. I love to go out and you know cast a great fly or cast a spay rod. I love all that. I've done all the fishing styles. But one thing happened to me is I fell in love with big fish. And when you can see fish that have been around for and touch, touch a living dinosaur that has been around for 120, 150 years. And, you know, the funny thing is we called it the Jurassic Classic. But the truth be known is these fish are actually from the Triassic era. So they've been around on Earth for two to three hundred million years, and they are alive and well in the Fraser River. Yeah, all these fish have challenges. There's no doubt about it. But when you can look at the dynamics of taking someone, you know, as young as 
two, three, four, five years old, and you can go out on a boat and say to some, to one of those young kids today and say to them, hey, have you ever touched a, a dinosaur? I mean, kids really associate with dinosaurs. So when you think about that and you get to go out and you get to, you get to say to, to a couple of little kids going on a family adventure and say, hey, have you ever touched a dinosaur? Today we're gonna show you and you can touch and hold a dinosaur. That alone makes my heart melt. When I see kids, and that's, that's again, that's, that goes to show you how successful the fishery is. We go and do juvenile targeting days to target juvenile sturgeon now so that we can show the government that there is, there is fish and they are alive and well. We spent our life trying to catch big fish. Now what we're doing is we're changing our focus and switching over to these little fish. To get kids out of boat, there are days when we put 30 to 40 juvenile fish, and I mean, I'm talking juvenile fish under, under 60 centimeters to the boat with kids, smaller hooks, smaller lines, smaller baits, and it changes kids the way they grow up. It changes their way of looking because when you take kids fishing or people fishing, kids especially, it's about catching. It's not about, you know, we take them out, they want to go on, like my son. I would have never expected my son to be a, a fishing guide. You know, I'm really never even surprised that he's even still alive, to tell you the truth. But, <laughs> but, uh, long hair, don't care, Mitch, but he comes by that naturally. Regardless of, you know, we were sitting there one day and, and, and we were doing the Who Cares video for GeoABC. is one of the first things I did with my son uh, after I did our training day. And, and how this... How this equivalates is that he sat at the boat, back of the boat. It was his turn to be interviewed. We did the whole day. It was at the end. And he had to sit at the back corner of the boat, and he was nervous. He was nervous to talk on camera. And I, I watched him stumble through it. We said, cut, wait wait a few minutes. I just want to have a talk with you. You know, had a little chat with him. I talked to him about passion and heart and, and, and just speak from your heart. Be real. Be who you are. Just tell the story the way you want to tell the story about what Sturgeon means to you. And, I, and I'm sure most of you have seen the Who Cares videos that have been done by GeoABC. They're stunning. They're wonderful. Small little clips. So we took a whole day and compressed it into one minute. Um, Mitch sat at the back of the boat and he said, I now, I now, uh, 28 years of age, I now understand why my dad does what he does. Um, he said the passion, the giving back, the the seeing the, the people's faces, uh, to give an, to give a experience where you take people up the river and you describe all about the culture and the heritage and the tradition of the First Nations, wherever we're fishing. In that case, it would have been, say, in the Fraser Canyon with Yale First Nations and how they cross over with Stolo. And then to see the, the people touch a dinosaur, a, a real true living fish, big fish, small fish, to see them in different ranges from, you know, seven-year-olds or five-year-olds to 135 year old fish and to know that they're all still swimming alive and well and he said dad I remember you as I was young and I remember you being on the phone and you're always yapping and talking about fishing and doing this and doing that I now understand the sacrifices that you made at times with your family to show case these amazing fish to the world. Now my son, a year and a half, is into his second year of guiding. He loves it. He's a natural. I would have never expected it, but he now shares that. And I see when I see the feedback coming from the clients in the office that have come fishing with us and they fished with my son in particular. And I mean, I have a great team of guides. I can only use this as a, a great reference point to talking about my son is that he now sees, feels, shows, gives that, what Kyle said earlier, the experience, to experience 
fishing on the Fraser River for, for true living dinosaurs. And then you want to couple that all back and we go back to the Jurassic Classic. And that's how that fits in, is, is a whole group of great uh, conservation-minded people getting together to do good. And that money goes back to the hunters. And as Kyle said earlier, is, you know, there's lots of challenges with government. Here we are banding together to put together an amazing thing. So what is the fish? What is the fish like? It's like the best fish ever to catch in the world, to give a hug to, to give a kiss to, and to send it on its way and to know that we're going to have another opportunity for somebody else to touch that fish. That's what that fish means to me. So, I told you he'd do a better job than I ever <laughs> I think you could have did it. I think you could have done it. I know you could have. Next time you were doing it. So, Dean, what's with the kiss? I, I always see you kissing. I see Alyssa kissing these fish. What's the story? Tell us what what's the deal there. So. I, I think, Kyle, it's just a matter of giving back, you know, and, and, and I think it was originally with the first big fish that I ever caught, you know, it was probably a seven footer, screwed up my brain forever, you know, made me a, a sturgeon guy, live, eat, breathe, you know, you can catch all the fish in the world, but there ain't nothing like seeing a 12 foot fish come out of the water, uh, you know, a thousand pound fish come out of the water and and it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And, and you know, I, I think it just goes back to, I think it's my passion for conservation. And I'm, I'm saying thank you. I'm saying thank you to the gods. I, I'm, I'm saying thank you to my people. Uh, I'm saying thank you to the world for allowing me to live in such an amazing part of the world where we get to do this on a daily basis. Um, I get to live in the Fraser Canyon. I live in Chilliwack in the heart of this. Um, and I think it's just a way of me saying thank you. I love you and I look forward to seeing you again. I think that's what it's about for me. And I think it's transcended down the line. You know, Alyssa does it. She's uh, very passionate um, about fish and, and the earth and conservation as well. She's a very give back girl, as is Rick. Um, you know, my son kisses them all now too. So uh, maybe it's just a generational thing. I, I don't know, man. It's just, I think it's just love and passion. And, and again, it's, it's about giving back and conservation and saying thank you. Thank you for coming here to visit me today. Very cool. Trev, I know um, you got out for an afternoon, and, and this was a unique opportunity for you because you're always slammed with everything, but you got out for an a, a afternoon on the water, and I know you hooked into a, a sturgeon as well. What was that like? What was the experience like being out there? I think you guys got a doubleheader on, on your, your trip out there last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we. Uh, oh, it was pretty amazing. I remember I laughed because uh, for the last few years, I would go out to Jurassic Classic and and friends, uh, you know, they'd be like, oh, man, that's awesome. Just a whole weekend of sturgeon fishing and stuff. That must be awesome. Right? right? I used to say I haven't seen a sturgeon at Jurassic Classic other than in pictures for uh, for three years. I never saw a sturgeon. And uh, so I was like, I don't know what you're talking about if you think that my weekend involves a bunch of sturgeon. But, uh, yeah, last year, last year I was pretty lucky uh, on the Sunday uh, I managed to get out uh, and – let go of the reins for a few uh, planning things and uh, Kyle, you kind of managed them for me, which was awesome. Um, it was, it, I know why people come back year after year. Uh, it's getting a fish with Dean is obviously uh, a special treat. Um, the entire experience of the day was, uh, was, was pretty neat. Seeing, seeing what the river was all about. Uh, we fished pike minnow in the, at the beginning of the morning and I mean the the anxious kid in me was looking at the clock going like well we got you know till 3 30 or 4 o'clock and I want to catch a sturgeon and here we are 
fish and pike minnows, right? And I was like, you know, and we, we toured, we toured Dean's land and I'm like, well, this is really nice. But like my watch, I'm looking at it going like, oh man, we're only going to have half a day of sturgeon fishing. And like, you, you need to have all day long to do this. Just, just, just the, the kind of guy I am that, uh, and I think Dean probably knows that he probably gets that from a lot of people. And, uh, and so by whatever it was lunch, we got to, to Dean's spot and I mean, Dean fine tuned it within, within the inch, it seemed like we adjusted ourselves a couple times and he's like, you know, found that right spot. And he had one rod down and he was rigging the next rod to, to go. And all of a sudden the one rod started going like it was, and I was like, Oh, I see why, uh, I see why we, we could screw around in the morning and see all that stuff. And then I also realized how important seeing all of that, that backstory was before before catching that first fish, and it was kind of neat anticipation uh, throughout the morning, waiting to see what what the the river was going to be like and what the fish was going to be like, and then the most intense anticipation I, I had was was grabbing onto that rod. And I mean, I've, I've fished a lot and I've, I've caught a lot of regular sport fish, but listening to Dean, you know, he's like, grab that rod and don't do, you know, you aren't allowed to do anything until I tell you when to do it. And, uh, so you grab that rod and you stick it under your arm and, you know, and he's like telling you to point it right at, at the line. And my heart started going and I like the fish is like pulling little tiny bits on the rod. And like, if, if it had just been me, I'd have ripped that thing <laughs> like in, within five seconds. But my heart started beating so fast. Like it was a case of like almost like buck fever or some sort of intense. Uh, I couldn't even explain it. It felt like it was a minute. It was probably 30 seconds of him just being just saying like, wait, wait, wait. And, and like he almost started quivering until he says like, okay, now. And, uh, and you have this crazy feeling of, you know, you, you lean back into that rod as hard as you can and you hope that there's something tight on it when you, when you lean back and that it's not just a, a miss. But yeah, I hooked up and uh, fought him. I can't remember how big that first one, I th uh, the big one wasn't, or the first one wasn't incredibly big. Um, we, but as we took it out to start getting some pictures, another rod started going uh and i can't remember who tried to catch that one missed it and so while dean was helping out with that one another rod went and i grabbed it and so we were releasing my first fish while we were catching my second <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it, it was ridiculous and that next fish was a was a bigger fish one that we went to shore to uh to take some pictures with um we probably only fished for like two and a half or three hours, you know, by the time we went to a couple different areas. And even by that point, I was like, man, I couldn't imagine doing this all day long. Like it, it you, you would be tired and sore from, uh, from fighting fish. Uh, but pretty amazing uh, to spend a day out on the water. You look back and you realize how important the whole picture was. And Dean's obviously a professional at putting that, that experience together. I've, I've been on other fishing trips where you, uh, the whole goal is catching fish and, uh, for Dean to have that education piece mixed in and, uh, teaching about, you know, we caught a fish on one of the pike minnows that we caught that morning, which, uh, 
it's kind of neat full circle experience. Um, you, you really appreciate that full day. And as much as I've talked about the fish with people um, and how cool it is to catch a fish, I couldn't tell you how big it was. Like, I, I think we maybe measured it. I didn't care at the time how big it was. Uh, I still don't care when people ask, I, you know, people ask how, how big of a fish you catch. And I was like, I don't know, it's as big as this picture. Um, it, but what I can talk over and over and over about was that day and like mm -hmm. the, all the stuff we saw, and, you know, how we went fish or we went swimming, uh, in the one spot. And I talk about like, I talk about that river and, and the way that it raises and lowers in a matter of like minutes, it can be eight to 10 inches lower and ice cold. And then it can be, it, it almost feels like somebody peed in the water next to you. It's so warm. I did, I did. didn't I? <laughs> he probably did, Trev. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, and that whole day, like I, I talk about that uh, more than I talk about how cool it was to catch the fish. Uh, I mean, that, that, that was definitely part of how amazing they are and touching one and feeling, you know, all rock solid they are in places and, and yeah, just their, uh, all the different characteristics about them. But, uh, the actual day on the water was, uh, was kind of the magical part. And it was, and it was a neat way after all that work to maybe probably felt a little bit more enjoyable, um, just being there for that weekend and spending it with, uh, with really good people. Yeah, there's there's something about sturgeon. I've I've fished it a couple of times on the on the Fraser, and I I can feel your your pain as you're going okay, and the guide's telling you no wait, no wait. Is the rod's doing the little dance and the pull, and like okay, come on. And then when you set the hook, it's like into a log. It's like bang, okay, I've got the bottom, and then the bottom takes off on a run and jumps right. It's, yeah. it's something magical, and. Yeah. It, it, you almost feel a connection with that fish. I know where Dean's going with that, where you get them up on the, the shore, you get in the water next to them and you make eye contact. And it's there's, there's a connection that happens that you can, you can't describe. You just got to see and feel. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, the interesting. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Kyle, go ahead. Sorry. No, please jump in. I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I you know, I, I just finished doing a whole big um, layout for ITAC, ITAC, it's called. It's Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada, and we were lucky enough to do a bunch of filming with uh, with Hoke. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, H O O K E, uh, and and they travel all over the world, and they're amazing guys. Um, two of them, uh, very conservation minded. They'd never fished sturgeon. They're fly guys. They came out here. They filmed with us for four days. There's a couple of little snippets on our. Our, on our Instagram and Facebook, but I'll tell you, <clears throat> thinking about that is I, 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 a bunch of the pictures that I put up, it's, you know, odd we're talking about the Jurassic today is, and they asked me, Dean, we, we really want to put you in our brochure to, they I also want a tra travel agency as well as their film fishing and hunting uh, filming crew, but they also own a travel agency. We really want to showcase you. We want to showcase what you guys did. And we took them fly fishing and then we took them sturgeon fishing. So these guys are center pin guys. So guys who fish with me get to fish with mooching reels sometimes too as well. And, and that's kind of a really cool experience as you're fishing a single action reel. It does have a drag on it, but it's like a giant fly reel one-to-one. -one. And I remember that day so specifically. And I, I you know, we sent the pictures for ITAC and we were only allowed to put in six or seven pictures one of the pictures that so resonated with me was the picture of Trevor 
holding his fish kind of in the water. He's right up to his neck in water. And we're in the big eddy in, in Yale. And he's right up to his neck. And he's kind of holding that fish out in front of him. And there's that big head sitting there. And, and I do remember how big your fish is, buddy. I remember a lot of stuff. So, you know, we sat there. And, and the next picture was that we had two big fish over seven feet, seven and a half foot fish side to side uh, with the teams. So we had you know, and, and and there we sat there looking at those big fish. But your picture was one of the pictures I put forward to ITAC and uh, Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada. And that's the one they picked up. I think I put together 24 pictures. They picked your picture. And it was about that leading passion of the way you looked and, and you had that fish in the water. It was that, you know, as Steve said, it's that connection. You just make this you know, it, it can be simple, it can be complicated. It's about that connection. And in that picture, your eyes were drawn to that fish yep. and where you were in that in that amazing canyon. You know, I mean, all of BC is beautiful, but to put that into perspective is, I remember that day, and again, we call those, it's funny, this year we had some guys requested, there were guys out of the Jurassic, and they said, we always heard about a Dean Day. So we want to go on a Dean Day. As a matter of fact, we want two Dean Days. So they booked me this year. They booked me in the winter time last year. And they said, you know, they phoned a list and do you have any days available? But what we want is we want Dean Days. And right, Trevor, um, my guides are all trained by me. They're all heartfelt. They're all passionate. But there is something about a connection when I get an opportunity to take people on a run like we did all the way that whole area, talk about it, describe it. And then the anticipation, and I'll tell you, I've heard that so many times, man, are we ever going to freaking fish? Like, holy shit, man, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, like are we going to, and then we go and we, we go and we, we dial into those exact spots. The way you said, oh, a couple little hookups, get, you know, get the anchor right. Oh, got to move it. Not quite right. 10 feet here, 10 feet there. Boom, we're in. And bam, those rods go down and, and, and we're on to fish. And the last part of that is how you said it about earlier. Part of that whole journey and that experience is about us going in the morning, catching those pike minnows. They're an invasive. You know, they're they're the fish. They're the invasive sea pike minnows, peamout chubs. Um, you know, sculpin. They're the ones that are eating salmon eggs, sturgeon eggs. They're eating fry. They're eating smolts. You know, they're an invasive species. We take them from the water. We catch them. It's fun catching them. Everybody wants to go pike minnow fishing after you've done it once because you catch a whole bunch. We get 10, put them in the boat, and then we turn around and we use them full circle. And the fish love them because they're a natural bait. And we're doing something good for conservation in the same time as we're doing it. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I drew that attention to that exact day when I got an opportunity to spend some time with you on the water rather than organizing and thinking, but we got to spend some real time uh, doing what we want to, to do to, to show the love of these fish and how you embrace it. It was like, man, this is, you know, I had the one, I released it. It's like, holy shit, the rod's right beside me. I, I'm, I'm on to the next rod, man. How's this possible? Boom, hook that fish up. Again, we go and we get to take him to shore. I mean, full circle. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any more word to describe it to describe that other than magic. It's magic. Every day of my life when I fish with people like you guys and everybody I get an opportunity to fish with, it's magic. I am thankful for the opportunity to go and, to go and be a steward of this resource. Uh, very cool, Dean. And obviously there's no passion there. So uh, really? yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, so this is the cool thing uh, with, with the whole event and that weekend. So we're just talking about the sturgeon experience, right? And um, and I have to say that's one thing that blows me away about 
the Jurassic Week ending, and I know you do it with Ducks Unlimited as well, but to put uh, 14 boats on the river, 28 teams, 56 people, that's a Herculean effort by any uh, standard. It's incredible that you can pull that off as a guide outfitter. Um, but I guess the one thing, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Jurassic Weekend. And Trevor, you can talk to this a little bit. Is It's a pretty cool experience in that, you know, somebody can just come and fish with you and they can pay your daily rate. Um, and, uh, you know, it's affordable. You can go and do it. People are paying a premium for this experience, right? So um, I think that's a pretty important um, nuance. And, and Trev, can you talk a little bit about what makes it special? What, why, why would somebody fly from New York State, um, drop, you know, two, three, four grand getting out to the West Coast just for that weekend to hang out with us? Because they could probably, you know, find a fishing trip in Idaho or something like that on the Snake River, whatever the case may be. But they're flying across the country. Um, what uh, I think that that needs to be recognized a little bit, a bit about Jurassic. And I think people say, I've heard this a lot of time, like, why would I spend three grand or four grand or five grand on a fishing trip when I can, you know, go get one at a much more reasonable rate? Uh, people don't understand the Jurassic experience. So what stands out for you, Trev, about the weekend that makes it so special? And why are people coming from all across North America to be part of this? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that I've tried to tell people is that especially people that are trying to market these these teams at auction at their own fundraiser auction is that you're not selling a fishing trip. Um, the best way I can describe it um, is like combining your sheep fundraiser, whichever your sheep fundraiser, your wildlife fundraiser that you do. Uh, for some people that's sheep show in Reno, for some people that's Kamloops weekend, for some people that's an SCI week event, uh, you know, or Eastern uh, Midwest, any of those uh, sheep shows. It's like combining sheep show in Reno uh, with a fishing weekend that you don't have to think a single thing about uh, when you show up there until you leave. Um, and, the, and the sheep show aspect is important because it's the people that you see. Um, most people agree, I would say, that you don't go to Kamloops uh, just to see some booths, some seminars, uh, and go to an auction. Um, most people are, their feet are tired from standing all day long, talking to people, catching up, telling stories. Um, and that part of things is, is so evident at Jurassic Classic. Uh, we spend that entire weekend with that atmosphere. Um, and probably the first year was the only year that we didn't really have it, but that's when we, uh, we built it. Um, those people come back, they get to spend an entire weekend with those 60 to 80 people, you know, with volunteers, et cetera. And, um, and that's something that we actually have an advantage Joe, over, uh, the sheep shows and the, uh, the, the one night fundraisers and whatnot that some groups have is that you spend from Friday night or Friday afternoon till Monday morning um talking telling stories bsing eating uh some people fishing together obviously and uh and they get that entire uh weekend to to kind of create bonds friendships uh that type of stuff it's um and and that part of it alone is is what i would say is the value add let alone the fact that uh People don't show, they show up for the weekend and they don't have to think about a single thing um, 
from Friday afternoon until Monday morning. So, I mean, whether it's drinks in a hospitality suite, uh, we've been known to have a few in there, uh, full meals, uh, great meals from the hotel. Uh, you know, they hop on a bus on the Saturday morning and we, we put 56 people onto, a, onto two buses. They get there and there's 14 boats with guides, you know, standing on the boats, waiting for their, their, their uh, two teams. And they're not off the boat or they're not off the bus for, you know, for seven minutes and the boats are gone. And, and, you know, we watch it like, uh, like the great race. There's just uh, 56 people hop on, on these boats and then everybody's gone for the day. And, you know, the guides take care of them out on the water. There's giant lunches uh, for the, for the guys, they get back. Um, you know, that one night we have a huge salmon barbecue, wild game barbecue, which has really evolved into a, a neat event. We do, uh, I think we've served everything from caribou, sheep, moose, elk, deer, cougar. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm missing anything there, but we, we serve that mixed with some sockeye. We eat, you know, a hundred yards from the Fraser river. Uh, you can hear boats going by as people are are having appetizers and we don't just eat you know when we first started it we we thought just how are we going to feed these people um and now i mean the, the people we have that are that are assisting us with uh with the barbecue you know denny and russ are have been amazing we have dishes there that uh you know that, that rival restaurants for appetizers and ways to serve some of these uh some of these wild game dishes um that that part is is you can't buy that experience um you know off of a off of a menu or from any from any guide outfitter uh on the river uh that camaraderie with the people and uh and and then really the the one that i never go to first and it always seems like i just wrap it up with is the fact that on on sunday night um we do have ten thousand dollars usually worth of prizes that we that we give away. Yeah. Uh, we and and I, I go to that last because I know it's easy for me as a, one of the organizers to say it's the least important. Um, but it's probably the the least I hear back, you know, from people about what they look forward to. I don't have a single person uh, that's like, man, I can't wait. I hope Jurassic Classic twenty twenty one goes so I can win that prize pack. Like nobody says that. And nobody always say that I want I want the knives, don't I? Don't I always say? Well, that? yeah, like uh, yeah, knives. yeah. Yep. We, uh, so, but I mean that that again wraps up the the value. If you want to, if if people are trying to find out why people spend five thousand dollars sometimes to come to this event, um, that wraps it up. Is that there's fifty six people there, and we give away several thousand dollars worth. Prizes, we give away door prizes. We, we try to we have really good support from all of our sponsors, yeah. and we try to uh, make sure that a lot of our guests have an opportunity to uh, first off they have opportunities to win prizes, and we do a lot of giveaways and whatnot as well. So that that's probably why, um, and and the why is now becoming if you want to be a part of it you don't have very many opportunities to become part of it. And the only way that we allow people to become a part of it is if they've been there before we give priority to those, those groups that have uh, supported us 
from the start or from the, the longer people have supported us, uh, those people get priorities. So now we're not even moving into the conversation of why would I spend that much? Is it worth it? But if you want to be there, uh, there's a competitive aspect in, in auctions and whatnot that if you want to be there, uh, you pay a premium just to get a spot there in the attempt that you might want to go year after year. Um, it's pretty unique in the fact that that one single trip, you know, people will come back year after year after year and to, to do the same thing and uh, the same type of fishing, uh, but the full experience is uh, something you can't really uh, put a price tag on, I think. so. Yeah, well, yeah. we've had people from the start, uh, like you said, that, that they won't miss it. This is their go-to. This is their thing that they're going to be there every single year, and they're going to make sure that, that that happens, and that's pretty cool. And it's back to that wild sheep family aspect again too, right? Um, you know, when you look at uh, our volunteer corps, we got 20 people there every year. It's the same volunteers year, year in, year out, and guys and girls doing the heavy lifting. Uh, and if you start looking, actually, you've got 56 participants, you've got – uh, 14 guides. You've got Dean's team uh, behind the scenes. You've got Rick and Alyssa. And then uh, we have our 20 volunteers. That's a pretty high ratio of a support system for an event, right? So, you know, how often do you go to Sheep Shore, the, uh, you know, Northern fundraiser or something? You know, there's a handful of volunteers for 400 people, right? So it's a pretty catered event in that aspect. So it's pretty cool. And then the other aspect I think that's really awesome is all these, everyone's working for this conservation aspect of it. And uh, the donor support is insane. So Sitka Gears support us right from the get-go. Yeti's been out there. They were our signature sponsor last year. Uh, but there's countless volunteers and donors that have spent time, effort, and money to make this a success. So to me, that's a big success of it from behind the scenes and watching that aspect of it and seeing these groups step up, these organizations, these companies, these volunteers that are making this happen. To me, that's the cool part of it. And at the end of the day, um, it's just a conservation circle, right? There's so much work being done for the conservation aspect. So, um, you know, we, we still manage to make some money off this, Trev. It's not one of the things where it's it's our biggest fundraiser. It's a huge fundraiser. And a lot of that money goes back in the ground. So where is this money going? What's the mandate? What do we do with this money? What's the important aspect of that? Yeah, we've always we've always just tried to do on the ground projects um, that that have impact. So uh, we've our our biggest uh, our biggest goals are on the ground projects that we can put money into into actual work being done, whether that's burns, uh, health assessments. Uh, you know, obviously, if transplants were happening or anything, we'd get involved with with items like that. Um, we've done a lot of disease. Uh, disease work lately, which lately is you know is an important part on the uh, on the landscape. Um, and from the beginning, we've one of the things that we've highlighted is the importance of of spreading that money throughout BC, uh, north and south, uh, Thinhorn and Bighorn. Um, sometimes that's easier to do, or easier said than done, uh, just due to locations and, and projects that are on the go. Uh, and different burns and whatnot and some of the restrictions uh, depending year to year. Uh, but we really have done a pretty solid job of, of putting money, you know, from up in the Cassiar into Region 7, uh, down into Fraser River, Okanagan area. I don't think we've funded anything. Oh, we have funded one in the Elk Valley uh, with 
combination with uh, the Alfred Fishing Game. Um, yeah, and 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 we just try to look at any opportunity. Uh, Kyle laughs sometimes because uh, Kyle will come to us and say, you know, here's a project idea, and and I at the beginning I'd review it and look at it and go, well, what you know, what what can Jurassic expand and. We're lucky now that we've we've done well, and our mandate is trying to spend that money every year. I, I don't want to make uh, thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollars a year and sit on twenty of it year to year. Uh, if we made fifty thousand dollars in a year, ideally, I'd like to spend forty five of it and uh, leave ourselves, you know, enough to for any costs that come up before we are have had that next event and and put it right back into the ground. Um, and so now when Kyle comes to me with a project, Wild Sheep Society BC has been working so hard on, on finding really good projects. I always just tell him, like, uh, 100%, I approve any project that you bring to me if it's something that's going to support sheep in the way that the Sheep Society has been doing lately. Uh, they're no-brainers. And so we're just lucky and, and proud to get onto any project uh that that's going on in BC and uh, and and need to have that collaborative aspect with uh, with UABC and Wild Sheep Foundation as well to kind of have their uh, names as part of any project that Jurassic uh, is involved with. Very cool, Trev. So where does that leave us? So we, we canceled twenty because of COVID, um, and that was a tough decision, but uh, obviously the right one. A lot of our customers come down from across the line; they couldn't have come up. Um, you know, we talked about doing something, you know, half-assed really, but at the end of the day, we kind of said, is this going to be in the true spirit of the Jurassic, right? Do we want to have our name attached to this, right? And, uh, and I think Dean, you said right away, like, and you, and you could have been the, the greedy guide out there. Oh yeah, we need to push this through guys. Let's make it work, whatever. Let's just get the boats on the water. And you were the first guy that says, guys, is this going to do our name any good? Is this going to, you know, is this what the Jurassic stands for? You know, you were the first guy to say, and, you know, can we put something meaningful together here? And, and we sat around and we, we kind of didn't think we could, right? So um, we pulled the pin. I, I'm glad we did. I think that that was a smart decision. But so now we're staring down the barrel at 21. Um, what is that? And, you know, we haven't really talked about this. We haven't had a dialogue, um, but we're pretty transparent. We're not trying to hide anything. What are you guys' thoughts on that? What does 21 look like for the Jurassic? Obviously, we want to do it. That, that's not a discussion. But does it look like that's something we're going to pull off? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Dean? What from what you're seeing from your angle? Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a realistic approach. I mean, we got to look at, you know, where are we going? And and again, I mean, all of, I mean, we all agreed that, you know, keeping our name together is the way we are. If we can't pull it off in the form that we pulled it off over the years and make it a spectacular event, then 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 why do we want to do that? Uh, you know, everybody just. You know, hold on, hold on, hold on until we can get things right. When we're looking at the 2021, um, yeah, you know, there's lots of ways of thinking outside the bubble of, of, of doing a couple of smaller venues that maybe we could pull off. But, but the realistic portion is here is do we want to continue the legacy, the history, the tradition of the Jurassic Classic in the form that it was meant? I think we do. And, uh, you know, if it's going to take, uh, you know, another year, if 2021 is not going to be possible, we're just going to keep hyping it up for 2022 then. Um, you know, we don't want to bring anything towards ourselves. It's the same as we've just finished doing that rally just the other day. Uh, we put people together at the rally. We only put six people. Everybody wore masks. 
Um, you know, we don't want to shed bad light on us in any way to the world to give an opportunity for people to look at us, criticize us for being the greedy guys to do. We're just going to have to be like everybody else. We're going to have to wait our turn to put together a successful event. And, and um, so, you know, realistically, we're looking at vaccines rolling out as quickly as next month, apparently, I heard in the UK this morning. And, you know, we have to see how Canada does, how the states do. You know, can we get those borders open? Realistically, do I think 2021 is going to happen? I'm not so sure. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to believe the fact that we can make that happen. Uh, will people still be a little bit hesitant to travel? Possibly. But the success of the event is going to be, is there going to be a vaccine? Is it going to be available? And if it is available, uh, because we, we need and we really want our U.S. partners to come on board with us and to be here. It's a, it's a part of the event. It's Gray and Renee. It's Brett Jefferson, uh, you know, Gray and Renee Thornton, Brett Jefferson's. It's all the people that come from the United States, all of our great donors and participants and our, you know, our sponsors. And, and, and again, if we've got to wait one more year again, myself, I say, you know, Am I sad? Absolutely, because that family is not going to be together again for another year. We're going to think about being together and we're going to miss out on those funds to put that money back into the mountains of British Columbia to do those great projects. We're, you know, the, the, the organizations are going to hurt for that. WSSBC is going to, you know, it's going to hurt. We need that money to be done and maybe we'll find different ways of doing things that are, uh, you know, good. But I'm, I'm a realistic approach guy. 2021, is it doable? Maybe. I think our chances are probably only sitting at about probably, you know, 20 to 30 percent. But, you know, I'm a gambler. Um, I think we should move ahead with thoughts about it. Uh, but again, I think the world will dictate. If it's not an event that looks good, we don't want to do it because we don't want to put any scars on this great event. Very well said, Dean, for sure. Absolutely. Um, same, same line of thought for you, Trevor. Any other uh, thoughts on it or approach to it? Yeah, I, I mean, all all I can do essentially is is plan uh, like it's going to happen because otherwise you can't find yourself flying the eight ball when changes happen that you go oh, we could have we could have done. Um, we're lucky to have a good group that all want wanted to be pushed from uh, nineteen or from twenty to twenty one. Uh, we're auctioning. You know, a couple teams at at Cheap Show, uh, their online event for twenty one. We don't have a lot of opportunity for uh, for teams because of how many we moved. Um, I get asked in my you know in my full time job. Uh, I get asked a lot when when they think when I think the border is going to be open, uh, and that number has obviously changed. Uh, you know, weekly, monthly. Uh, last night I had beers with somebody, and you know we guessed, and he he guessed September. Uh, you know I'm a little bit more optimistic, but I think the biggest things with uh, with that aspect are probably vaccine related and and number related. Um, and so a lot of it is is unknown at this time. You know we wouldn't have thought that we'd been sitting here at this point uh, having the conversation. You know back in April May. Uh, so nothing will surprise me, uh, but in my optimistic way, I'm going to, I'm going to at least try to have a plan that if it looks like things can happen, we can do it in 21. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that we're in a spot where we're kind of at the mercy of a lot of things that are much, much bigger, uh, at this point. So well said, and we got, I'm, 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 
I'm of the opinion that we have to do it. You know, it's our fifth, our fifth annual. Whenever it cup does half happen. full, boys, cup half full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We got to do it right. Um, you know, when we do it. So, you know, if if we can't pull off a full event, um, then we look at uh, 22. And uh, but we're we're planning to to make everything happen in 21, and and can pivot as needed. Uh, we have a good group of people and guests that. Uh, that you know probably don't have that much understanding of what's going to happen either but they want to be here and if they happen in 22 as well i'm I'm sure they want to be here in 22 as well so and i think you know realistically speaking down the road is you know i I mean i think about it and i think about the successes of what we've what we've created together and and again it, it comes off the back of wild sheep foundation and geoabc and wssbc and and really just a true passion in the heart of believing in you know what we've done you know the creation of something that has been you know think about this in such a short period of time there's a waiting list to get into the event think about that you know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I've never, you know, I've owned this guiding business for 35 years. You know, that was a model that we created, we put together, we we made that model of, of how it is we can be generous, give back, collaboration. But I never, ever, ever thought that we would create such a family tie. You know, the relationships, you know, holy mackerel, you know, my son going and hanging out with Gray Thornton and Renee and Adam Foss and, you know, and it's not just, it, it's about the regular people who want to, to do, but, you know, you think about those events, going to the Wild Sheep Show for myself and my son for the very first time, seeing that event, being a part of that event, giving back, being, you know, becoming a life member of, of the different organizations. That, that really truly resonates with, with me and who I am. It's like if, if, if everybody can think outside the bubble, consider about what we need to do for conservation because every piece of conservation needs our help in the future. I mean, we need to look at these things and, you know, maybe down the road, it's a conversation that we might have to have. You know, are we going to need to cut this thing up? Are we going to need to look in 2022 if we can't pull it off in 2021? Are we going to need to look at, will we do a springtime event and a summer event? Are we going to need to cut that and take those guys because that money's sitting there and we're going to make it happen in one way or another? Are those, those conversations are probably going to have to be met. They're probably going to be had. And, um, and or the conversation is things move forward with the vaccines and we say to ourselves, you know what? This is such a great success. Maybe we should look at down the road, looking at doing something like a springtime event, bringing our partners, bringing our, our uh, bringing the people who are our sponsors out, doing an appreciation day, doing appreciation weekend, um, you know, things to give back again and just see how that goes to say, you know what, hey, we're going to do an appreciation weekend. That appreciation weekend means we're going to be donors again. We're going to be, you know, our supporters, those people, not asking them to give. We can give. Great River Fishing can give back. You know, we can supply those things. And, and you know, that's another great generous donation that we can put forward to say is, listen, we just want to continue on being a part of this family. And we want to continue the success of this event and grow it so that the legacy of this lives on for as long as we have an opportunity. And uh, for me, I, I look at those things because I'm not always looking at, you know, how, how do we reinvent it? How do we keep it bigger? How do we keep thinking about how big of a box we need to build? Or if we need any box, let's just continue to do what we've done and think outside the box as to how we can give back to conservation. That's the important role. And keeping ourselves together as friends and family. 
Yeah, very well said, Dean. Um, and I think on that note, that's probably a good good point to start wrapping things up. And and I just want to say to you two gentlemen, uh, you guys are conservation superheroes. Dean, uh, you know, you mentioned just a, a, a tiny tidbit of what you do for conservation in the wild sheep community and well beyond that, um, obviously, in, in the fishing world um, and just conservation in general. So uh, I can say personally, and I know Trevor and I talk about this often, is you know, your, uh, the legacy you've created, uh, the conservation footprint you have out there, and it, it has not gone un, unnoticed. Um, and I can say that uh, Grace spoke to me about that several times as well. Um, we just can't thank enough for what you do personally and what your company, Great River Fishing Adventures, does for conservation and support for certainly our wild sheep community. And I feel the, the, there's that dichotomy of the, of the uh, Jurassic Classic where we're using one resource, which is you know, catch and release uh, sturgeon to raise money for another resource. It's kind of a footprint or a model that that's not really well. Um, it's not d done really that often. Ducks Unlimited does it for ducks, obviously, uh, but that's kind of the exception. And in fact, um, some people don't support it. They they don't get it. They don't. They're like, well, that money should all go to sturgeon. Well, uh, the Jurassic does put some money to sturgeon. We we do mm -hmm. support that resource, and every year we try and fund find a smaller fundraiser. But obviously, our mission is raising money for wild sheep in British Columbia. So uh, hats off to you, Dean, and uh, Great River Fishing and, and your entire team, uh, Rick and Alyssa and everyone involved and, and your guide community. It's amazing the the relationship that people have built with your your guides. And they're part of this weekend. It's not, it's not you know, they're not on the clock. They're not there from 8 to 4. No, they're there afterwards. They're coming for, you know, our barbecues and they're socializing. And they have relationships outside the Jurassic Classic. So it goes well beyond with what you do. So thank you, Dean uh, and Trev, you know, hats off, man. Uh, just everything you've done to make the Jurassic a success, super, super grateful. And it's just, um, you know, your leadership and, and your passion has gotten us through and, and is the reason why we've been successful. There's no question about that, that if you weren't there driving the bus and had your commitment and energy behind that, it would have been a different, a different outcome. So, uh, you know, it's an honor to work with you on it and, and super thankful for all you do and, um, super, super grateful. So thank you gentlemen, both. Well, we can't say enough to thank all of you. And yeah, this, this is a, yeah, right back at you. This, this is a team function. Each and every person contributes to a portion of this. Uh, you know, it's uh, nobody needs to be the superhero. We're a, a team, a family that digs, works. We all do our part. We all have jobs to do in that. And, uh, you know, you, you can count on my team. Uh, you know, I, people always ask me, Dean, when are you going to retire? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? No, I'm never retiring. And you can push me off the end of the bus into the boat and back into the river and it'll be done. I'm just going to be gone and slipped away into the river one day. But, uh, uh, what we have created together in partnership uh, with uh, WSSBC and WSF and GOABC uh, are great sponsors, are great contributors who uh, believe in what we've done. The, the, the people like Yeti and Sitka, and, you know, I mean, the, the, the names are just endless. But these relationships are relationships that will be remembered well beyond our time here on earth and maybe passed down through generations. So I'm hopeful that uh, we, that this bus and these boats keep running for a long time so that we can continue these great things. And boy, you guys are choking me up now. I hate being so emotional and passionate. <laughs> awesome, Dean. Well, I appreciate it. So if somebody wants, if somebody wants to 
if somebody wants to book a sturgeon oh, well, trip, you know, how do they do uh, that? Website greatriverfishing.com. Uh, we have great office staff, both Alyssa and Rick and Gan in the office. Uh, there's always somebody here to take a phone call. Uh, most importantly, first and foremost for us is it's not about those experiences. It's about giving back. So uh, remember, each time you do book a fishing adventure with our team, there is money going back to sturgeon conservation. And uh, whether it's Rick or Alyssa, we are all working every single day to get back to something. Uh, what did they say the other day? It was a real funny thing. And, and I, I don't like to sidetrack it, but it's amazing. Somebody said, you know, man, do you spend any time working on the business these days? Because it seems like everything you do is going to Zoom meetings and giving back and doing this and doing that. And I said, you know what? We're lucky enough to have a great team around us, a great staff here, a great bunch of heartfelt people who understand what it is that I want to do. And the rest of it all falls in place. So if you want to book a trip outside the Jurassic Classic, you can get a hold of us at greatriverfishing.com. Uh, we have great social media platforms, uh, you know, at Fishing Sturgeon. We have about 60,000 followers. Uh, we're always giving plugs to everybody on there as well. This journey is not about me. This journey is about us and what we can do to give back from here to forever. That's the most important message. So come fishing, no matter what you do, we're giving back. So that's the way it is. I uh, can't top that, Dean. Thanks. So with that, we'll uh, call it a day. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. And for our listeners, if you're interested in the Jurassic Classic, there is one team available. Actually, I believe two at the Wild Sheep Foundation Sheep Show. They're going to do a uh, online auction. So that's going to be up for bid. So uh, if you're interested, check it out there. Go to Wild Sheep Foundation through online hunting auctions. Check them out. And um, hopefully we'll see it 21 in Chilliwack. So Gentlemen, thanks. Have a great day. Appreciate all you do and uh, keep up the fantastic work, gentlemen. Thank you for all your support. All the best to all of you. Thanks, thanks guys.